We're going to wrap up our series this morning on guidance. I trust that you've gotten something out of that. And then next week, I'll begin a brand new series called Home Remedies. Home Remedies. And we're going to talk about uh, wholeness and happiness and help and hope uh, for your household. The Bible has much to say about this super important subject. And so you want to make sure that you're here and drag a few people with you here too, um, because there is help for our homes. Can I get an amen on that? And then on Wednesday night, we have, um, we call it midweek at Meadowbrook. We've got ministry to the whole family and, um, I'm doing a, uh, series all year called believe and really everything we, we are teaching this year on Wednesday night is kind of under that banner. And what it is, is do you know what you believe? Why do you believe what you believe? Are you able to articulate what you believe? And it's very important, especially in these days again, that we know where we're at concerning that as believers. And so, uh, and again, ministry of the whole family on Wednesday night. So hope to see you there for that. Well, let's dive in. Let's look in Proverbs chapter 14 in verse 12. And it says, there's a way that seems right. Everybody say seems right. It seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Seems right. How many of you have had some seems right before and ended up not right? Okay. And so we want, we want definitely, we need some help. We need some guidance. Then in Psalm 23, verse one, in the Amplified Bible, it says, the Lord is my shepherd. Say that with me. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. And notice this in the Amplified to feed, guide, and shield me to feed guide and shield me, I shall not lack. Thank God that he is our shepherd. One of the main points that I've wanted to uh, make in this whole series is that you, yes, you can expect that God would guide you. It's not a matter of uh, you did everything right because that would disqualify all of us. Um, None of us are so far gone that we can't get his help and his guidance. God is the God who guides. God wants to guide you. He wants to help you. He is the God who guides. And no matter what, no matter what is going on, there's an answer. There's a path. There's no need to panic. When you understand that the God who's guiding you is the all-knowing, all-powerful, think about this, everywhere present at once, most high God, the only wise God, He's able to declare the end from the beginning. He's the eternal creator. Are y'all getting any of this? Eternal creator and redeemer. That God is our guide. Then no matter what is going on, I don't have to panic. Now we're prone to that because we practiced it and it gets modeled for us all the time. But, but we don't have to panic. We have a God who guides us. And, and as I said earlier, he's not a God who hides from us. He's a God who wants to be known. He's a, he's a God who wants to be present and active in our lives. And so it's us connecting with him in a way that allows for his guidance in our life. And that's, that's going to be the best, best paths for your life and for my life. So over the last few weeks, we've talked about a lot. I just want to review a couple of things, what God uses, who God uses to help guide us. And then we're going to get into some new ground here. He uses his word. His word is a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. You've got to be in the word. If you're not in the word, then there's just a whole lot of things that uh, countless times I've shared a verse with somebody and they go, I didn't know that. And it answered their question for you know, how we treat one another, how we conduct ourselves. Uh, This talks about 
virtually every area of life. And there's, there's your guidance. And it's a living, living word of God inspired as we talked about on Wednesday night. So the word of God. Secondly, God will use his spirit to guide us. In uh, Romans eight fourteen, it says the children of God are led by the, by the spirit of God. And the spirit of God is always going to lead us uh, in connection with the word of God. First John tells us that these three bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, capital W, reference Jesus, and the Spirit, and these three are one. They always agree. So the Holy Spirit is always going to act in line with the Word. And then we saw that God will not only use His Word and His Spirit, He will also use His, His people, His people. And this is like for godly counsel. God pe- puts people in your life and you need to be connected with people who are connected with the word and with the spirit and they can give godly counsel. And so often you just need to ask them. You need to say, hey, I could use some godly counsel on this. Unless you're married to them, then you don't have to ask them. They'll just, they'll just tell you that, that, that godly counsel. But God will use people. God will also use peace. Everybody say peace. Because this is a biggie right here. Peace. Colossians 3.15 says, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Let the peace of God rule. Everybody say rule. Rule in your hearts. That word in the Greek means to act as umpire, to decide, to determine. And so what determines? The peace of God. Because you might have done a lot of research and got some counsel and things look this way and so forth. And you start to make a decision and you don't have peace. You better hold up right there and don't violate that peace. As I've told you, peace is God's signature. That's God signing off that, yeah, this is good. This is right. And, and if, if peace is not there, you need to at least hold up and maybe go back through some things again and make sure because, folks, you do not want to lose your peace. Quick survey. Anybody ever lost their peace before? You ever made a decision before? And it's like, oh, man. Everybody give me an oh, man. See, I knew, I knew every one of us, we've, we've been there. So peace is super important today. Let's look a little bit further. And I want to look at how God uses circumstances, circumstances. Y'all ever had circumstances? He also used opportunities. Let's look, um, in first Kings 17, the prophet Elijah and, um, He is in a little season where he's away from everybody and everything. And it says here in verse three, get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook. That's going to be natural provision. You need water. And I've commanded the ravens to feed you there. Wouldn't that be awesome if your critters fed you? (laughs) How many of you have a lot of... Critters, animals, horses, different things you gotta, you gotta care for. Wouldn't it be awesome if they knocked on the, and they, and they got breakfast for you? Wouldn't that be awesome? (laughs) Always feeding them. So you'll drink from the brook. That's natural. And I've commanded the ravens to feed you there. That's supernatural. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and stayed by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. Watch this now. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. These are some awesome birds. 
And he drank from the brook. No telling what happened for lunch or snacks. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. And see, I've commanded a widow there to provide for you. So what he has is a change of circumstances. When you have circumstances in your life and you begin to watch something change, something is changing there. Usually will be noticeable. Usually it will affect some comfort levels of your life, some provision levels of your life. Here's, here's the trick. Pay attention to it. Pay attention to it. Notice it said that the brook dried up. How many of you know they probably saw that coming? And there's so many times things are, we can see things coming in our life and we just, we're not, we're not really paying attention to it. You know, he's noticing that the brook is getting lower and lower and lower. He had, he had to have noticed that, but notice what happened with that. It said, not only the circumstance of the brook drying up, but the word of the Lord. And I want to stop just right here and insert. Did you know that you, for you can get the word of the Lord? I'm sorry that some people made that spooky or, or unattainable or whatever, but but God has a word for you about your situation and he'll bring it to you in a number of different ways. It's vital that you get that. And when your, your circumstances present themselves, you need to pay attention to those things, but never make your decisions based on the circumstance alone. You've also got to get a word from the Lord on that to know what to do. It may be, Hey, we're going to, we're going to redo here. I'm going to show you something or whatever. Or in the case of Elijah, he had prepared for him in another place. And so pay attention to circumstances. And then the next one, I wish, I wish somebody else could do this one for me. They can't, I will do it and I will do it boldly this morning, but I have to talk about the role of how God will use not only his word, his spirit, his people, his peace, his circumstances, but also God will use his ministers. God will use his ministers. And he'll bring some guidance into your life. I in no way present this to you in any self-serving, self-promoting way. You'll hear this as we go, but this is, this is vital in each of our lives. So Malachi chapter two, verse seven, it says for the lips of a priest should keep knowledge And people should seek the law from his mouth, for he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts. So let's let's look at this a little bit. First of all, the word priest. In my uh, spiritual religious journey, I was never in any kind of place that we referred to anybody as as a priest. Many of you, that would be a part of your background and part of the tradition that you were exposed to. Ultimately, what a priest is, is a religious leader. It's one who's going to lead in the ordinances and rituals and different things like that. So a priest, and as we see here also, is they, uh, later in the verse, it says, is the messenger of the Lord. Messenger of the Lord. So for our purposes, and it's totally accurate then, this would be a pastor and a minister. God wants to use pastors and ministers in your life to bring guidance for your life. Um, the main duty of a pastor or minister or a priest is to teach the word of God to the people of God. The main duty is to teach the word of God to the church. And we've got to give ourselves to that because God is wanting to do something through his word. Everybody say his word. 
Now, Malachi 2, 7 in the message says this. It's the job of priests to teach the truth. Watch this. People are supposed to look to them for guidance. The priest is the messenger of God of the angel armies. And so you're supposed to look to your pastor, your minister, your priest. You're supposed to look to them for some guidance in life. Now, if you'll remember, we opened up with Psalm 23, 1 in the Amplified Bible. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. Okay, so everybody say that like you mean it. The Lord is my shepherd. So we've got to know that part. And then it says this, to feed, to guide, and to shield. Well, the Lord is our shepherd, but the way the Lord has set it up, he has under shepherds. And we talked about this some in our series, Good Shepherd. He has under shepherds. What are the under shepherds supposed to do? They're to do the work of the good shepherd, the great shepherd. They too are to feed and to guide and to shield. And so that's part of the important role of that. And then Jesus points out this in in Matthew chapter 9. He was looking at some people and he said this. They are like sheep without a shepherd. Now notice this. Everybody needs a shepherd. Everybody needs a shepherd. And Jesus said, these people that I see, they're like sheep without a shepherd. Then he goes on to describe them. He said that they're weary, they're confused, and they're scattered. You know why they're weary, confused, and scattered? Because they're not being fed, guided, and shielded. And it's, it's total evidence of lack of, lack of a shepherd. Let me go a little bit further. Lack of guidance in their life. And folks, listen, and don't ever you know, be embarrassed to run into me somewhere, but sometimes I'll run into folks and they've just kind of dropped out of church and they see me. Oh, Hey, (laughs) and I'm telling you a lot of times, seriously, they look weary, confused, scattered. And I'll talk to them. Hey, been missing you. I've been missing you. Well, you know where I'm at. And, and it's just important. Everybody's got to have a shepherd. And part of the reason, uh, listen, listen, God calls and anoints a pastor, a minister, not to make them special, but in order to provide special care for his people. Did you get that? You get that? Don't get confused. And a lot have, and I'm not, I, I live in fear and trembling. Seriously, I love what I do. I'm greatly fulfilled in what I do. But I have the fear of God about what I do. The, the Bible even, even says that don't even want this job because there's a greater judgment that goes with it. And so in it, but a God, it has to be done right with fear and trembling. In Acts 20, 28, he says this, take heed to yourself. And to the flock of God, the church of God, the people of God, and, and to take care of them and to feed them properly. The, in the Greek word there is to shepherd, to what? To feed, to guide, to shield. And he says, for this reason, he says, because God thought enough of them that he shed his own blood for them. He died to buy them, to make them his own. And so he wants those that would be a shepherd, a minister, a pastor. You better do this thing right. Now, I won't be perfect in it. I haven't been perfect in it. But I'm telling you what, I'm, I'm going to give my all in doing that. But beyond me, it's not about me. God will call and anoint somebody to be a pastor and a minister. We're blessed to have a great pastoral staff on this church. God calls and anoints them not to make them special, 
but in order to provide special care for his people, for his sheep. In a true biblical New Testament church, in a true biblical New Testament church, we do not create a pastor dependency. We create a God dependency. My job, all of the pastor's job, any minister, any priest, any pastor, their job should be to point you to God, to point you to God, to point you to God all the time. And that's what we're doing. And in doing so, then you're going to get guidance. Well, how does that guidance happen? Do I set up a a little booth and charge a nickel? You know, do, do you have lunch with everybody? None of those things are even possible. And it's not a matter of I got to sit down and think up a bunch of cool stuff to tell people, you know, or tell me your deal and I'll get back with you. It's not even about that. It's much more supernatural than that. And what happens, it's words and it's God's words by God's spirit that, that I would study any minister, pastor, priest should study and have and keep. That's a rich word in the, in the Hebrew, keep knowledge on their lips. They've got to be ready, fully prepared, continuing to to dig and learn and understand so that they can bring the word of God and then him breathe upon it. New Testament preaching, teaching is also the word prophecy. But the right understanding of prophecy is this, to interpret the divine will and purposes of God through inspired teaching and preaching. And it's when that happens, it's words. Notice what this said again in in, uh, the message. It says, it's the job of priests to teach the truth. People are supposed to look to them for guidance. In the, in the New King James, it said people should seek the law from his mouth. So what words from his mouth, that primarily happens in this setting. It happens in church. So let me just tell you how to, how to work that. Go to church. Stay in church. And listen to your pastor. And God will bring guidance. God will bring guidance. And again, in a New Testament biblical church, it creates a God dependency, not a pastor dependency. But you're going to need a pastor. And God uses a pastor to help guide you. Amen? Amen. Listen, God is the God who guides. It's God who guides me. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he. He'll direct your paths. He's the God who guides. Listen to me. Now, We're going to get into some touchy area here just for a moment here. Stop trying to get your guidance from everything else in the world. It's noisy. It's busy. It's just media saturated. Social media too. Why'd you make that decision? Where'd you get that idea? Twitter. (laughs) Who wants to be led led by Twitter? You know, and, and there's just... It's a war of ideas and just social floods and convergence of all these kind of things and worldviews and, and redefinitions of everything happening out there. And, and, and listen to me again. You're going to get some guidance from your pastor right there. Stop getting your guidance from all these other things. Just stop. We're letting the world that doesn't know how to live tell us how to live. All right. Now, I want to. I want to venture into something. I want to be very, very sensitive about this. A week or so ago, an incredibly talented actor died of an apparent overdose, Philip Seymour Hoffman. I had two of my children say that he was probably one of their favorite actors, incredible actor. He died surrounded all by himself, 
surrounded by all kinds of drugs. He had a girlfriend for many years. They were estranged at the time. They had three children out of wedlock. And then he dies. And and y'all hear me? I'm no one's judge and you're no one's judge. And then they had his funeral. And a a lot of Hollywood A-listers showed up for that. And I read kind of the list and I was thinking and things were just coming to my mind about a, a bunch of them. And I thought, I'm, but I'm not their judge. I'm just observing. And there's one actress that came, Michelle Williams. And just a few years ago, her boyfriend, who they had a child also, he died. Heath Ledger, he died of a drug overdose. And then I'm thinking, Belushi. And Elvis and Whitney and Michael Jackson. And God forbid, Bieber and Miley. And, and no, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not judging anybody. This is, this is dangerous ground, dangerous ground. And listen to me, Hollywood, our culture is obsessed with Hollywood on how to live and how to act and how to, how to do all these things. And, and listen to me. And I say, I pray. These are beautiful and talented and gifted people. And, and, and I'm not their judge, but I listen to me. I pray that they find the gift giver. I pray that they find him. But, but wait, but I cannot, I cannot let them tell me how to live. I can't have them tell my children how to live. You, you can't let them, it doesn't work what they're doing. It doesn't, doesn't work, but they're beautiful. They're talented. They're this and they're hip and they're on the edge and they're dying. And I know it happens in all segments of our, of our culture. You cannot look to Hollywood for your guidance. And then we go to the other side of the country to Washington. I'm not even going to go there right Ephesians, Ephesians 2, 2 in the Message Bible, it says this. Listen to these words. You let the world, which doesn't know the first thing about living, tell you how to live. You filled your lungs with polluted unbelief and then exhaled disobedience. Stop looking everywhere else. Here's the message, folks. Here's the message. It's God. Who guides God who guides and he's not hiding from you. He wants to guide you say, but I hadn't talked to him in years and I've messed things up and I did that. He he will meet you where you are. He will meet you where you are. You draw near to him. He'll draw near to you. And he is the God who guides. Amen. Amen. Let's think about something real quick and then we'll, we'll wrap this up this morning. Let's think about all the things that Jesus taught and let's put them like in a, in a pie graph here. And this won't be totally accurate here in my percentages, but for the most part, Jesus talked about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. And he talked about prayer. He talked a lot about love. He talked a lot about hypocrisy. He talked about um, eternal life. He talked about salvation. He talked about forgiveness. He talked about a whole bunch of things. And then we go over into the New Testament 
Well, this is New Testament as well, but the Apostle Paul. And Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, let's think about what Paul taught. Paul was entrusted with the revelation of the mystery of the church. So bulk of what he talked about was the body of Christ and, and what God was wanting to do in the world and then in eternity through the church. He talked about a lot about relationships, how to treat one another. Paul loaded up the New Testament with this phrase, one another, one another. Everybody say one another. And listen, if you don't, if you don't do right by one another, man, you're messing up a lot of stuff. He talked about righteousness by faith. He talked about prayer. He talked about the tension between grace and law. Uh, he talked about many, many things. And so when we look at what they taught and we look at the day in which they taught, now don't miss this. We look at all that was going on and what, and what they spent their effort and their time and their focus teaching. Let me tell you something. They did not, they did not spend their time, their effort, their focus addressing all the ills and errors and problems and issues of their culture. And can I just insert this? And the problems and ills and errors of their culture are the same today. Exactly the same. It's the same stuff. They didn't spend all their time. Every, the, they addressed a few things, but they didn't spend the bulk of their time, not even the majority, not, not even close Saying that's wrong and you should do this and that's wrong and you should and that and that, and that, and that. Jesus did with the with the religious leaders who were hypocrites, but they weren't constantly look at culture, look at culture, look at culture. No, you know what they did? Instead of addressing all the ills, the errors, the problems, the issues of culture, you know what they said? They said, "Look, here's another way," and that's the role of the church as well. Our job is not every time we come together, we've got to talk about something political. We've got to talk about something in our culture. We've got to talk about people are doing this and sinners are sinning. That's not the job. The job is this. There's another way. Matter of fact, early Christians were called the way. It was late in the book of Acts that they, at, at the city of Antioch, that they were first called Christians up to that, you know what? They were called the way, you know why? Because they imitated the way Jesus lived. They imitated what he taught. They imitated the path that he went out. And finally that imitation came to Christians, little Christ, y'all are just like Jesus. And we should be just like Jesus that we're not finger pointing all the time at our culture. We're not pointing out all the ills and errors and they're out there. It just doesn't work. They said there's a different way, and the different way is to point them to the way. And Jesus not only has the way, Jesus is the way. And God is the answer, and God will guide. And that's the message that God will guide, and we've got to get focused on that. Yeah, but they won't know if they're, they're in their sins. Trust me. How many of you ever sinned? How many of you have ever been rebellious, deliberate, even, even since you've been a, a believer, maybe backslid for a little bit? Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Did you need somebody to tell you? 
They know. People know. That's why you got to get four friends. Come do it with me too. Because everybody's doing it, right? Yeah, I guess. We got to legalize this and legalize that and legalize that. And don't talk about that. Why? Because the nature of sin, it's toxic, it's acidic, it's eating, it brings death, it ruins, it corrupts, it erodes. It's our job. Take a cue from Jesus, take a cue from Paul, take a cue from Peter here in just a moment. Our job's not, look, look, at it. look, 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 look. Our job is to say, you know what? There's another way. There's another way. And you be guided and help to guide God, uh, people to God. Who's the other way? Peter was preaching. I got to wrap this up. In Acts 2.40, Peter stands. This is Peter who was out of control and denied Jesus and everything else. And now it's, this is a different guy now. He says, and with many other words, he testified and exhorted them saying, be saved from this perverse generation. It's not just talking about the people. It's talking about the culture that they're mired in. In the message Bible, it says this. And he went on in this vein for a long time, urging them over and over. Watch this. Get out while you can. Get out of this sick and stupid culture. And again, it's not people. We're not hating on people. But I got to tell you, our, our culture just like it was back in the days of Jesus and Paul. But it's magnified somehow now. Our culture is sick and it's stupid. And look at your pastor for a moment. Stop trying to get your guidance from a culture. Go to God. I can't go. You can go to God. Jesus made a new and living way so that you could go to God. There's nothing that he does not know. There's nothing that he cannot see. No one loves you more. No one is for you more. No one knows the better way to get you where you need to be. You can go to God. That's the message. And as your pastor today, I'm giving you some guidance. I'm pointing you to God, to go to him, to pray, to be in his word, to follow his spirit, to get godly counsel from people, to pay attention to peace, to pay attention to your circumstances, to go to church and listen to your pastor. But most of all, stop trying to get your guidance from the world. Well, it seems right. Yeah, we know about seems right. It's about let's get it right with the one the holy, the all-knowing, the all-powerful, the everywhere present at once, the God who declares the end from the beginning, the creator, the redeemer, the only wise God, the most high God, that God, you can get guidance from him. And that's the message. And I'm going to stop right there. Did you get anything at all out of this?